0: Welcome to Season 6 of Talking Home Renovations with the Housemaid. I am your host, Catherine McPhail. I am an architect. I practice in Massachusetts. My specialty is additions and renovations to older homes. I'm especially interested in sustainable renovations and new technologies. This season, I'll be speaking with women in renovations. These women could be in construction, real estate, design, they could be homeowners with a story to tell. Each will bring her experience and advice to people who are planning a home renovation of their own. The first five seasons have covered all aspects of home renovations from foundations to roofing, sustainable renovations, DIY projects, how to hire professionals, and there are lots of home renovation stories and advice from all types of people. Back in April of 2021, I interviewed Kara Newhart about her work with women in renovations. So naturally I needed to include it during this season. Kara is a designer and DIY queen who has made it her mission to help women gain the confidence to create their dream homes, one room at a time. Do check out her current website, neverskipbrunch.com, and MakeSpace Podcast. She's still going strong. Here is a revisited conversation from episode 45, Empowering Women to DIY. Kara. Thank you for yeah. joining me today. I'm intrigued by your podcast. And why don't you tell um my listeners a little bit about what your kind of your focus is? Cause I think it's great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So for this to have a little context, I like to give a little backstory, but I was raised super creative and my dad was a contractor. So I grew up like sketching floor plans for fun, crawling around in hot attics, helping him run electrical wires and that sort of thing. And so then towards college i got pushed towards the business side and eventually found diy as my creative outlet around the time i got my first home which is when a lot of people get into that so at that point i had lost my father to cancer oh, and i was wanting yeah tough time but i was wanting to customize my space and really like bring all these design visions i you know had to life and so I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to dive in and do it. Like, I've used to drill before. You know, I've seen, I was raised to know that girls can do anything boys can do. Mm-hmm. So I am just going to dive in, teach myself power tools and tackle my spaces. And so that was an amazing journey for me in terms of like finding my creativity, honing my skills, finding confidence, you know, in myself, and then being able to have a space that truly reflects me. And so that's kind of what I'm on a mission to help everyday women accomplish themselves is just finding that confidence, learning how to dive in and really embracing home design and DIY as a journey. So that's what the Make Space podcast is all about. Well, it's great. And you specifically focus on women, empowering women. Yeah. Uh I think for me, it's just so personal being in a space that's been so, so more commonly male dominated, Mm. um, really empowering women to kind of push past that and feel Freedom to grow in this male, traditionally male dominated space is kind of just something that's been a passion of mine. You know, I've really seen the power of DIY to transform everyday women's lives from, you know, new moms that have found themselves after baby, like learning to dive in to people that have left like abusive relationships because they learned how to use power tools and realized, like, hey, I can do things by myself. I don't have to stay. Mm. Um, To me, kind of finding, you know, a creative outlet. And turning like the the tough part of losing my dad into something beautiful and carrying on his legacy. I really want that touch point with women because I think they're underserved when it comes to to DIY and home reno. Um, Not as much as as it used to be, but yeah.
0: Well, you're so right, though. I mean, not all contractors are male, but I do. I look for female contractors or female subcontractors just to see just to make sure that they, you know, I give them a shot as well. See if that would be (laughs) Mm -hmm. a good fit. Because we do need to support each other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and better. just you know, going to the hardware store and having random middle-aged men ask uh, me if I need help that don't work there, and I'm like, no, but do me you going. need <laughs> help?
0: Oh, yeah. Do you do you have a problem? Maybe I can help you
1: with something. Right? Like I really know a lot about what you're looking at. You seem lost um, oh, as well. Me. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had uh, War Trader on the
0: show a while ago, and his whole uh-huh. thing was that I could jackhammer my. um he was trying to encourage me to go rent a jackhammer and remove part of my basement floor here. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm kind of fixated on that because it seems right? so ridiculous. Like I can't I mean, not that I don't I guess I just don't want to. But right, I, uh, right. I mean, I guess I could. Right. I mean, right? it would say be I good can't. TikTok
1: content
0: for sure. <laughs> oh my god, That would be ridiculous. <laughs>
1: Right. No, but that's a good, that's a good point is you don't have to do it just because you're a girl and we have to prove we can do it. It's like, if you want to, you can, if you don't want to like outsource, you know, there's no, like Like, we can do it. Doesn't mean we have to do it.
0: Exactly. (laughs) That is just, yeah, that is beautiful. I do feel like it's so important to support women and to empower them. So what about what you teach is specifically Mm -hmm. woman oriented?
1: Yeah. So I think You know, there's a lot of practical tips from little things like, you know, getting a drill and driver set and the driver is really made to help you like really drive the screw screws so like while we can do anything like traditionally our arms have been smaller so little hacks and tips for DIYing, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, as a woman, or even DIYing by yourself. Like if you don't, like me, you don't have your husband help you because he's a city boy. He knows nothing about power tools. Mm -hmm. He's amazing. And he cooks me all the snacks, but he does not know (laughs) how to DIY. So it's like, okay, if I'm putting up a giant board by myself onto the ceiling, I need to drive a screw through the middle into a stud, and then I can work my way to the edges. And so just little hacks here and there, but also just kind of a lot of mindset stuff and a lot of approaching it with giving people practical steps where it's you know you don't look at the the after photo or the inspo photo on pinterest and and focus on the gap of like oh that's so much work i could never get there you start with one project and one tool and you hone that skill and then you go to the next project and you buy your next tool and you build that one at a time you build your tool set one at a time and you build your skill set project by project and that's mm. how you get your confidence and that's how you become good. Um, and so really teaching people to embrace it as a journey. I think I always tell people I'm the and in before and after mm-hmm. I'm that, you know, huge part they cut out of all the HGTV shows. I'm the, you know, the part that's unseen, that's the work and the tears and the mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm here to help you get through that in a way that's like easier where you don't have to do it alone. So
0: that's so great because yeah. it does seem overwhelming. And maybe if someone does just try to drill like the they just give up because yeah. it seems like mm-hmm. this is just, I'm not going straight. It's just, I'm not doing it right. And right, there is a lot of learning involved and practice Absolutely. involved. And so starting on a smaller project and getting comfortable, like you said, with the techniques and the tools and everything, and that makes total sense. And having the right tool for the job also mm-hmm.
1: makes your life
0: infinitely easier.
1: Absolutely.
0: In every way, you know, and that that's the same for all aspects of life, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing what the right tool is for the job. And so besides the the podcast, do you have a business where you do that yeah. or do you just educate through the podcast?
1: Yeah. So it's funny. The podcast like came about because I was sharing so many like hands-on step-by-step tutorials on the blog. And I realized there were so many women that weren't quite ready for that. They needed the basics. They needed what tools to buy and they needed the, like the mindset piece. So my next thing that I'm going to do is build out an actual course Called Power School, where it's like the Everyday Girl's Guide to Her Six First Power Tools, where you really walk through a project for each tool, and they build on each other, and you can kind of learn them. You know, I'm great. Yeah, I'm very excited. It's been been taking a while to fully do that, but it's funny because I'm I'm mostly self taught. Like I do have the foundation, you know, working with my dad, but I really had never used a saw by myself. Like I was always kind of like, you know, helped and assisted and coached um, working with them, and so teaching myself, there was a lot of hours on YouTube with sweet old men in their dingy garages that just Mm -hmm. want to talk your ear off for two hours about who invented the miter saw. And so I just want like, you know, maybe a quicker way for women to get that information and to learn hands-on and teach themselves. So that's going to be my next, my next plan is the course.
0: So are you uh, ready
1: to say what the six power tools are or are you
0: waiting to unveil that?
1: Oh, no, I think I mean, i've got I've got the first few. So it goes sander, like a power sander. Mm-hmm. Um, then a drill, um then a miter saw, or you can use a miter box if you don't want to make the investment. And then the three after that are kind of up in the air, but there's probably mm-hmm. going to be a nail gun in there somewhere because mm, um, that's, yeah, that's one of my favorite tools to teach people because it really is a moment of like going from terrified. And then they put a nail in and the look on their face just changes. Like it's an instant like, wait, I can do this. And that shift, like that is what I live for. And that is why I teach people Mm. to get to be a part of that. It's, it's magic for sure. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And also you, it's just so much more efficient.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness.
0: You can really get going with a nail
1: gun Mm -hmm. and fun. Definitely fun. (laughs) They do seem scary
0: though. So, I mean, I can see why people would feel a little bit like a little intimidated by them.
1: Oh, for sure. No, I think that, the fear, you know, there's a healthy piece of that. Obviously it's, it's there to keep us safe. And so respecting the tool and understanding you have to know how to use it safely Mm. is obviously so important, but then there's like a piece of fear that's like us doubting ourselves. And I think that's the piece I want to help people get over and teach them. Like you can feel that fear, but you got to do it anyway. You got to, once you teach yourself, once you are confident that you know how to stay safe, you got to dive in and try it and you got to do it anyway, even if it's scary. And that's how you get good. So
0: that is how you get good. Yeah. Yeah. So the course that sounds so that'll be a recorded course. It's not an in-person.
1: No video course. course. Eventually, I would love to have it in person. That's like my dream is to have like a workspace where I can support fellow artists and then also teach power tools. So we'll see if that happens here in the next few years. But yeah, for now, it's just online.
0: And then do you have a business like in-person sort of business where you help as a
1: consultant? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, so that's all been taken for the most part virtual for me. Um, okay. I do design consultations and then DIY project coaching. So uh-huh. for people that are planning a DIY project or, you know, like little things like accent walls or using power tools. So not like something you would necessarily see like an architect, a contractor a designer for, but kind of the littler stuff where you maybe don't know what could go wrong, or you've started a project that, you know, you've had a DIY fail Or a situation where you need help, I help with that. And then design consultations, just kind of walking through people's spaces and giving them ideas on like different decorating elements, how to find their style and kind of what I would do in the space, giving them like a a game plan. So Hmm. yeah, I do those over Zoom now instead of in person, which is less fun, but at least we have that. So
0: (laughs) another thing that I think is empowering is the idea of finding your style, like finding your voice kind of, it feels like getting to know yourself a little. Can you you talk a little about how you help people do that?
1: Yeah. So it's so funny because I think when people think define your style, they think of those adjectives or those descriptive words that come up and they think of certain like set design pieces, like they think farmhouse or mid-century modern. And I think any more, you know, It used to be kind of maybe you wanted to fit into the trend or you wanted to go find a designer and get a really specific, distinct style. But I think now in a time when almost everything can arrive on your doorstep in two days, Mm. it's become a lot more about curation and storytelling. Mm. And really, I think the overarching theme of interior design progressing to where it is now is like the homes are becoming so much more about the people inside them. Than about trends you know like I'm a nerd for like design history so it used to be that like the king kind of decreed like whatever he wanted was whatever the furniture makers made and it was royalty and you know that's what people like wanted they wanted that aesthetic and now it's about telling your story through your space and really setting it up in a way that serves you so I always start with you know Like taking a step back from Pinterest and taking a step back from that huge pool of inspo that we have to draw from, because we could literally find any style in any iteration almost. Yeah. Um, But really digging deep into what, what do you want to get out of your space and how do you want your space to serve you? And then we start piecing together different elements of what that looks like. And then you can get into like the vibe. And then you get into the fun design elements of like, okay, what expresses that vibe? Are we looking for something relaxing? Do we want our space to energize us? Do we just want to feel worthy and excited to look at different pieces or different trends we've put in our space where it's like, oh yeah, like I invested in that. It's beautiful. It makes me happy. And so I think I approach design as a non-designer in terms of think like starting with the inner work sort of, which is like, sounds like a weird, (laughs) weird way design a, a space, but honestly, I think it's empowering because people learn to do it for themselves and then they don't need me every step of the way. I don't have to come back in 10 years and redo the space. I get to teach them how to like find it in themselves. So mm. that's my approach. A little abstract, <laughs>
0: but no, it, I helps. mean it makes total sense. And also yeah. teaching people how to find well, you're teaching them how to DIY their style
1: really Mm -hmm. and
0: people change throughout their lives too so if they their priorities or their needs change then they can recalibrate yes what you already taught them
1: absolutely and that's so freeing like you know if you have young kids you might have your phase of everything's ikea everything is dispendable and ruinable because those little ones (laughs) that are hard on things yeah but then later you know you those investment pieces are there can be treated better because kids are older, and so mm, navigating well, that as well is so important. And then they have friends;
0: they have their <laughs> friends over when they're teenagers, and someone burns a hole in your carpet.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe next phase, maybe like, college or when beyond. They, when we get them out of the they house, leave. Maybe. yeah.
0: When they finally <laughs> leave, yeah. And personally, I feel like I've been thinking about this also. Like, what do I? What would bring me joy out of my house?
1: Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. even know.
0: I don't even know how to find right. find that, but. I feel like when I look at someone's house and I think, oh, this looks like such a grown-up house, like that is what right. I want, but I can't define what that is. Like, how does that, what does that even look like?
1: You know, it's hard. It's like one of those things where you really have to define kind of like a clear vision for your house. And and I think for me, one of the challenges I've overcome personally and am helping others is that I can respect so many different trends and so many different aesthetics and you know, before I was just bringing all this stuff in my house that I liked kind of in a vacuum, like I individually respected the art of Mm. the piece or the texture or color, whatever it is. And then that stuff doesn't go together. And so Mm -hmm. kind of, you have to like overhaul your space in a sense of like, okay, what story am I telling like aesthetically? And what, if I'm going to bring in a trend or I'm going to bring in a new piece, how is it contributing to that um i have a really good friend who does this so well his name's anthony and he has a single inspiration photo with like this white plaster wall and a wooden chair and this like terracotta vase and and a couple other elements and he uses that as his like single inspo image for his house so everywhere he goes shopping he will hold the photo up he will hold the item up and he'll say like can this be a fit for my my story that i'm telling style wise in my house and That's like, it's really like the curation and the storytelling approach that gets you that cohesive space that feels like a grown up lives there. Because I know Mm. me, for me, it's been, it felt like a kind of like a kindergarten classroom. Like I had so many colors going on Mm. and I was like inviting all these things in because it's like the art artist in me, (laughs) like wants all the fun and to be able to play. But it's, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to stick to the story. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully you just pick a broad story that Mm. tells, you know, a lot of things fit versus like some of the more clean, minimal, like neutral palette where it's very strict on what will fit and what will not.
0: Yeah. I mean, I am kind of attracted to that, but then I look around and see all my stuff and Mm -hmm. I think, well, I can't, I need that. And I need this. Right. And I'm going to need these books and these prints and these fairy lights, you know. Right. Right. Same. (laughs) So, it isn't easy, but and how your so your podcast do you have like an overarching vision for it? Is it something that you think is going to go on for forever, or do you feel like there's a finite amount of information that you want to give, or what what's yeah. your overall plan?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think for me, I just kind of want to just continue exploring design and style until I feel like. I have nothing else to say. And luckily with guests, you know, you have so many new voices you can bring on and, and feature so many diverse kinds of people and different roles and different backgrounds that it's like, I'm not sure that conversation will ever end. I think it'll evolve and become maybe more sophisticated, but I think I'm just here till it's exhausting or till I feel like I have nothing else to contribute to the conversation. So no like specific plan in that sense, but. I'm still having fun. So it's going, going strong. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I guess that's a hard question to answer, right? I mean, yeah, is there a finite amount of information? Are you ever done empowering people? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about uh, mindset. You brought that up mm-hmm. earlier. How do we help women get a different mindset? I I get frustrated with that a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's challenging. It's, you know, especially... In a world where society has taught us to play small or be a certain way. I think things are obviously getting better for women, but there's still like remnants of that. I know I was raised in a kind of strict strict religious household. I've since deviated from that pretty far. But, you know, there was a lot of disempowering pieces of my past that I've personally had to learn to overcome. But then obviously balance with my dad teaching me that I could do anything. So it was like, It's confusing, I think, for a lot of women to have that one day they feel like they can do it. And then the second, you know, there's an issue or a snag, you go into that, like doubting yourself, doubting your skills. So I think really just giving women strategies in terms of like, okay, you have to learn to learn. Like you are not going to know everything you need to know. And as long as you are comfortable that you can like teach yourself whatever you need to know, that's like the biggest piece, getting people over that hump is like you eliminate so many excuses. you know, you you teach them really that they like you are empowered by knowledge. And it is if you are going out and seeking information, whether it's watching YouTube or, you know, a tutorial that I've written or listening to you know your podcast, getting that knowledge is how you're going to be confident. And then once you have that confidence, It's really taking action. It's putting that learning and taking the first step and getting that hands-on knowledge. You know, it's like one of my favorite analogies is I could, you know, you could read a book all about swimming, like a huge novel all about how to swim. Hmm. But until you are thrown in the deep end of a pool, you don't really know what that feels like or what to do. And so I think especially with the trades and with hands-on things and even with design, you have to dive in and do it. And you have to be okay with being really bad at first, but knowing that it's a journey and you're going to get good if you commit to practice. So that's yeah. the biggest kind of two-part process for me of mindset is learn and then jump in and do it. I mean, society just been set up in such a way that women think we're supposed to do
0: certain things. We're not supposed mm-hmm. to do other things. And mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's hard to think that you don't look ridiculous trying something new or right. I don't, I I just can't do this because there's hardly ever anything that you can't do because you're female. I mean, I mean, there are some things I suppose. So before I get all the mail about how women can't do this or that, I mean, for the most part, I just think we've been told we shouldn't be doing something or we can't do something. Yeah. You know, and that's one thing I love about TikTok as well. I'm always talking about Mm -hmm. TikTok, but um, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of women on there that I follow who are like concrete truck drivers. Yes. Regular, like regular truck drivers or, you know, like. Delivery truck, whatever you call them. But you know, right. just like women right. out there doing, st- like, just like, oh, there's a woman doing stuff. She's just a person. She's like a regular uh-huh. person. And she's chosen uh-huh. to do this thing that's traditionally male. And we need to stop thinking about things as being traditionally male.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a female. good point. Yeah. I think for me, identifying that pattern has been like conceptually, I know that we know that women can do everything. Like it's 2021. Of course we can do it too. But seeing it in action and having it be normalized for us to see that happening. Where when I say the word contractor, a guy doesn't immediately pop into your head. It's like an open-ended thing. Like, and, and that's kind of what I want to do. I think in the DIY space, in the home reno space, you know, the first wave of women to get into it really had to kind of fit the mold, had to wear the flannels and the work boots and be tough and be maybe a certain way to be taken seriously by the mm-hmm. male culture that was there. And I think I get to be a piece of maybe the second wave where it's like, I show up with eyelashes, with hair extensions in my <laughs> leggings, like my workout clothes. And I am going to like go toe to toe with other people in the trades that look, you know, maybe rough or are fitting that like more traditional male aesthetic. And I want to challenge that just even visually, I think is enough to get people thinking and get people realizing that, like, it's, it should be normalized, I guess, is kind of what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah. How do people see you and your work? Obviously, sure. your podcast, where, yeah, make space yes. where you can download anywhere you get podcasts, I assume.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Available everywhere. Um, make space with Kara Newhart is the best way to type it in. Or you could find me over on Instagram at never skip brunch. And that's where I share kind of behind the scenes of all the projects I'm doing. You can find links to everything like the blog and the show and all kinds of stuff. And I love, I love when people come over and send me DMs. If you, if you hop over and follow me, shoot me a DM and let me know you found me here on the show and I love to connect. And then I know you're on TikTok. I too, never skip so. brunch on there as well. And TikTok is so much fun. That's where I spend a lot of my time. Mm. Um, yeah. I love TikTok.
0: <laughs> no, it's very addicting.
1: Absolutely.
0: Anyway, oh, yes, true. we're both having a good time there on TikTok and I you know, hope more people join us on there because people have, I love that people share their passions and their expertise on there and mm-hmm. you know, you don't like some things, you don't have to be following that person. So it's like oh, there's yeah. something for everyone there and there's a ton of empowerment I find. Oh, that. there really is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much. I I hope we run into each other again really soon. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I wouldn't be able to do this without you, the listener. I invite you to join me on Instagram at Talking Home Renovations where we are building up a friendly community. Other ways to get in touch are in the show notes, including the weekly newsletter that includes photos from the episodes. It's kind of worth signing up for that. Talking Home Renovations with Alice Maven is proud to be a member of Gable Media, the most engaged AEC network on the planet. If you're into architecture, check out what the network has to offer at GableMedia.com. That is G A B L M E D I A.com. Until next time, take it easy.